Hello, listeners. This is Marcia Epstein on Talk With Me from Lawrence, Kansas. And today is September, and I believe it's the 5th of 2017. I'm kind of in shock and awe of where it is in the year and trying to get myself focused on this very moment when I get to have a lovely conversation to share with all of you. Um, September is a month that's special to me in my life and my work because we do nationally and even internationally do more focus on prevention of suicide, which to me is accomplished by helping people learn some new coping skills sometimes, um, some ways of dealing with things because we're all going to have hard things that happen to us personally in our worlds. and when we have the ability to, to, to deal with those, to work through those, the confidence that we can with a variety of, of tools that we use ourselves and friends and family and other supports, when we know we can get through those things, then we get to do this stuff that makes our life so worth living, such highlights, not just the focus on the hard stuff and the work, but, but highlights. And I will share briefly, because I want to tell my guests as well as you listeners, that so one of the highlights for me recently is that my, my sweet husband, Kyle, did a bunch of research on what's something that we could do together. And we being Kyle, Bo, our English Springer Spaniel, and me, <laughs> and he came up with this fabulous inflatable kayak, sturdy enough for dog toenails and more. And we have been having kayaking <laughs> adventures and it's a blast. And I have to say that my guests are both people who I know from photographs and conversations love outdoor time as well. And Annette Billings in particular has a great connection to water. Diane yes. Silver, I think of you as a hiker from photographs that I see of you. Yes. Yes. And so nature is part of what we may end up talking about as we talk about things that connect us to hope. Welcome to Diane Silver and Annette Billings on Talk With Me. Yay! Good morning. Yay. Hi, Marsha. Hi. Hi, hi. It's always good to talk with you. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having us. Oh, glad to do this. Hey, and to our listeners who don't already know who these wonderful people are, I am going to now invite Diane. Tell us a little bit about you so people have just a teeny bit of perspective because they can't catch it all in a paragraph or two, but a little bit about who you are. Well, thank you so much, Marcia. I really appreciate it. And um, me, who am I? Hmm, who am I? <laughs> I am a writer and a I'm known primarily as a writer and a political activist. Um, I've done politically, I've done work with campaigns as a civil rights activist, an LGBTQ rights activist. And uh, my latest book is called Your Daily Shot of Hope, Meditations for an Age of Despair. It was something that I decided I had to write last November, and it, it helped me to write it, and I think it's helped a few people to read it. And uh, but that's that's who I am, basically. Yeah, thanks. It's a great and, book. It's a really good uh, book. Yes. Oh, thanks. And Annette well, Billings, a little bit of intro about you too, please. I am an author of uh, mostly poetry, but I do write some short stories and prose, and I've written a couple of uh, one-woman plays. Uh, for most of my adult life, I was a registered nurse, and I'm actually still a registered nurse. But in 2015, I retired early to devote my life to full-time writing, and in that two-year interim, the, just the most remarkable things have happened, and I've met the most um, uh, remarkable people, and I, I firmly believe it was a, a good move for me to make. I'm author of uh, two books to date. The first one was A Net Full of Hope, which was um, a collection of poetry, and then my latest book is called Death Camps, which is a mu musical term, Death Camp for a Daughter, and that is a collection of affirmations. And yeah. both of your books... Um, and that are very dear to me. And then 
when I go to both of you as authors, The Daily Shot of Hope and Descants for a Daughter are two books that to me are so special and they're books that I continue to share with people and recommend mm. because mm. we need those, those reminders in our lives, that, that positivity, because we, we all know we're, we three on air right now, we're, we're adults. We know that life includes wonderful things and hard things. We know that mm. sometimes we make mistakes, but sometimes we just mm-hmm. have bad luck, you know, and mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. things affect us that are so hard. And we also have the ability to get through those and, and to incorporate those. And we become bigger, stronger, richer people with more perspective. Um, it's kind of a weird thing, but the truth is there are ways that as we walk through those things and get to the other side, that we really are better people. Um, yeah. Often yeah. more compassionate, often have uh-huh. a better perspective on what's really important, and maybe are more motivated to act. And I feel like your books, yeah. in particular, Descants for a Daughter and The Daily Shot of Hope, are fuel, you know, that that they help us. That we have to stay connected. So I'm thrilled to have us talk about the books, the workshops, having you both share some of your writing for people to get a glimpse of that. I'm, I'm really excited to bring this show out to people, especially in this month of September. Um, again, yeah. because there's lot world suicide prevention days on september 10th each year and it's something that that we help by talking about it that's that's part of what we need to do yes 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 so i'm not sure where to go first i because i'm like oh well i want to hear them speak oh but i need them to talk about the workshop oh but so i'm gonna just be quiet and say annette where would you like to start okay I, what's on my mind is just uh, the idea of hope itself. Sometimes hope is thought of as a kind of a passive thing, but I have always found it to be incredibly dynamic because if I hope for something, I am more likely to take a healthy action toward that end. So I see hope as very dynamic. It's, it's always played a, a vital part in my life, and it's my middle name, uh, literally. So um, I've always felt that deep, deep connection to hope uh-huh. and, and have lived through times where, as you say, the hard things caused me to come out b- better on the other end of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Diane, I know you said that your, your background and you're kind of known for your political activism as uh-huh. in your writing and otherwise. And so I love that you recognize that something needed to be brought out into the world to help people when we got news that for many of us was so shocking with the election yeah. result. And that, yeah. t- tell, tell a little bit about that process for you to go, okay, I'm gonna grab hold of this and do something positive here. How did you do that yeah. after being blown away by the election? Yeah. Well, first I didn't sleep for 24 hours. And then after, after uh, what really saved me the next day was uh, my partner's two-year-old granddaughter, who we happened to be taking care of the next day. And just being present with her. And her primary concern was the green ball that we had in our living room. Nice, big, rubber green ball. And she created a green ball dance. Green ball, green ball, (laughs) running around in circles, green ball. And I just like was, I was thoroughly in love, still am. And um, also, uh, yeah, this is what's important. And it immediately snapped me out of my despair. Wow. And. Uh, and I've been thinking for a while of writing a book of meditations, and so I thought, well, okay, we have our our we need we each need a daily shot of hope. Yes. So uh, that's basically what uh, led me to re- write the book. And frankly, writing the book was extremely therapeutic for me. It's actually mm. the first of four volumes because uh, I want to have uh, the first vo- each volume is going to have enough meditations for three months. So the idea is to have enough for a, a year. 
uh-huh. and the That's second great. volume's coming out in a month or two. Uh, That's great. And um, and the second volume is called Meditations on Awakening. Mm. And uh, the third volume is Meditations on Transformation, which I'm writing right now. And the fourth is Meditations on Joy. Oh, and uh, great. writing, thanks, uh, writing the books has been um, transformative for me. So I hope they're helpful for people reading them. Um, and the idea is to refocus our mind, to focus towards what's possible, the, the things that we forget are possible. Mm-hmm. The transformative things, and to to eat, like Marcia, when you you introduced this uh, podcast, you talked about um, our tools and mm-hmm. how it's important, uh, particularly in a time of despair and depression, to have a variety of tools. And that's what I'm thinking of your daily shot of hope being. It's yes. a it's a tool to help us, you know, ground ourselves in the here and now, deal with yes. our feelings, um, yes. and also. If there's one thing that I find difficult, it's the, well, this I'll be positive all the time. I just kind of want to smack people who yep. kind of talk about that. And I think it's pretty unrealistic for someone <laughs> who's in great pain. And uh, yeah. when your leg's been cut off and you're bleeding, you know, telling someone they shouldn't say, ouch, is kind of not helpful, I've found. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. one of the things I like to, I want to do in this book and all the Daily Shot of Hope books is... Um, uh, grounded in reality uh, yes. as much as possible. Uh, it's We are here to transform, transform our feelings, transform ourselves, transform the world. And um, that means focusing on, on the hope of what's possible and um, also um, acknowledging the pain. I, that yes. to me, is it's been extremely transformative in my personal life. To, to go, okay, I acknowledge the pain. Maybe even cry about it a little bit. Yeah. Or a lot. Or a lot. <laughs> you know, I have discovered, I have discovered years back when I was a deep in grief, I discovered that the human body, at least my body, can only cry for so long. There comes a point, usually for me, after about 10 to 15 minutes, where I can't breathe any longer, and the body kicks in and goes, okay, we're done for the moment, blow your nose. So, and that's a wonderful thing. I found letting go and letting the, I know that sounds funny, but letting go and letting the grief out yeah. is great. It, it cleanses and the body won't yeah. let it go too long. It, it's good at that way. <laughs> I, I think some people go longer than 15 minutes a day. <laughs> Probably. Well, yeah, I've got a bit longer than that too. They get, I also discovered that if you cry when you lay on your back, the tears will pool in your ears, which is an interesting. Yeah. It's like at some point you start going, "Ooh, get, get out of there!" Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think what I like about uh, both our most recent books is that it gives huh. people um, I, I almost call them appetizers. They're things that you can read in a short amount of time and take them yeah. on with you through the day. Yes. We're all uh-huh. so busy. Sometimes even a, a poem seems to take too much time to to process. And I think with the format of your book, Diane, and the format in Death Against yeah. Our Daughter, it allows people to take a little bit and go. Yeah. And, and I want to share yeah. with both of you and our listeners, because of my work, and the part of it that's specialized with people who are affected by suicide thoughts and have suicide attempts, mm-hmm. that often when we're in that emotional pain, we don't have a lot of concentration power. Yeah, so if you yeah, give me yeah. a book with a whole bunch of chapters and long pages and you know lots of concepts, I probably will feel so frustrated I will put it down and never go back to it. But both yeah. with The Daily Shot of Hope and Death Dance for a Daughter, I've seen person after person savor those books. And and not only the words, the affirmations, the, the positive messages in Death Dance, it's not just that they get something out of those words and they pick out favorite ones. I mean, I've seen this again and again, because I, as I mentioned, I keep recommending and lending copies and giving copies. But also there's kind of a sense of accomplishment because I've actually been able to read a book. I haven't been able to read a book. Yeah. Right now. 
and yeah. Oh, yeah. Success that happens from yeah. that with both of your books. I've already seen that. And and so huh. that another reminder, because one of the things I was thinking about, Annette, with you, because of your professional background of working in physical health care as well as, you know, life and all the emotional ups and downs, you you in particular have been with a lot of people in both kinds of pain. And and I think sometimes as a whatever, if I want to say as a society, not that I think we're all this similar, but I think I think we get tripped up sometimes in understanding that emotional pain is yeah. as real yeah. and intense and devastating as a yeah. chronic physical pain that we're going to die yeah. from. You know, in the yeah. last few years, Marcia, uh, part of a, a physical assessment has been for the healthcare provider to ask the patient or client, where would you rate your pain on a scale of one to 10? Mm -hmm. Well, in that area, they're all, they're talking about physical pain, mm -hmm. but I have often thought, how wonderful would it be if we had some type of similar scale that would allow people to, to rate their emotional pain at that moment? Because yeah. so the body and the, the mind and the spirit are, are best not separated. So, and of course, as a, a nurse, I've seen uh, everything from the absolute joy of someone uh, delivering a baby to uh, the devastation of um, end of life. End of mm -hmm. life. Yeah. Yeah, I think and, that's a marvelous idea. Yeah. And and again, I feel like the, the books are part of that. And the, the fact, Diane, that yours is a series. And and, and then I would say that, that yours is a series of a different sort because... I love Annette Full of Hope, that book, as well yeah, as Destinies for a Daughter, you know, and both yeah. are inspiring and both both communicate that we have experiences that are that are difficult and that we do get through, you know? Yes. Yes. And that's mm -hmm. important. So important. So so obviously, you know, we're talking about your books and and we're I want to go ahead and have you guys talk about the workshop, which I had the joy of being part of a couple months ago. And, and I it's really, have you. Oh, thank yes. you. I really think this is important for people. I, I really believe in the power of words of communication. And I realize that, that words aren't the only way people communicate. I get that, but I also think they're an important one. And so I would love to have you two talk some about the workshops that you're doing. Oh, we'd love to. Yeah, the workshop um, is called uh, Harvest, which was uh, Annette's idea to call it Harvest. And it is a workshop on finding and sustaining hope. Um, and it's basically, uh, and Annette, please correct me if I misstate any of this, it's, we, we, are, we guide you through a series of writing um, opportunities uh, yes. Yes. to explore your own sense of what is hope, hope you know, to enable you to more clearly define it for yourself and mm -hmm. to uh, access your own ability, you know, how do you find it? How do you sustain it? And it's all about you, the, the participant, uh, defining yeah. uh, defining oh, their own a, way. A great, a great description. And I'll add that... Uh, Participants do not need to be writers at all, that we present oh, yeah. it in a way that um, whatever level of writing you're at will be more than, than adequate for the experience of the, of the workshop. Mm -hmm. But yes, we're, we yeah, are uh, helping people identify hope and, and think about ways in their personal life that they can mm -hmm. sustain and maybe, even maybe create hope. So they thought it was a hopeless situation, enable them to see some portion of hope in that. So and I love the... Very... Go ahead. <laughs> no, uh, sorry about that. Uh, and, and then I love the idea of calling it harvest. I never would have thought about that if you hadn't brought it up because we're harvesting um, uh, all of our life, the fruition yes. of our entire journey yes. uh, through life up to this point and, and in the future. Um, and I think that's really what we're we're at is to give you that opportunity and a few of the tools that we've learned through being writers uh, and through our own experience in writing about hope to um, uh, access the stuff within yourself. 
Yeah. I think there's one of the ways. Go ahead. Well, one of the ways, and I don't know, because this may just come as second nature for each of you, but one of the ways that you that you provide that experience in the workshop, and again, I'm speaking as somebody who went through it and had some friends who went through it, is that you you create these opportunities with these prompts and you value everybody and their contribution answers their, mm-hmm. their ways of interpreting the prompts and what they do with that in in a setting where people may ha- have very different meaning in you know how they heard the prompt and what they do with it and very different levels of of confidence in their written communication yeah and, and yes. i know that from you know i came you know with i had a couple friends who who were part of that workshop that i went through with mm-hmm. you guys at and we're we are different people, and and you know we all have those vulnerabilities about you know like our you know how how's our work going to be judged or you know we're going to say something yeah. stupid. Yes, yes. And yes. and we all left with this 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 warmth, this connection, this sense of being valued, which was a whole other piece of the experience that was you know I don't know how else to explain it other than it's very welcoming, it's very safe, you know. There's no pressure to reveal more out loud than you want to, but there's an invitation and opportunity and support. Mm -hmm. And so it was a lovely experience in terms Mm. of the group part of it, you know, just being there as part of this group of people doing this thing together. Mm -hmm. It's very cool. Well, and I I think I could speak for both of us that uh, although we probably never talked about it uh, directly, that the, the sense of safety is very important mm-hmm. for both yeah. Diane and I. And it was a, a foundation for whatever kind of experience we were going to create for people who came. That it, above all, everyone must come and feel and leave honored. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets honored. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that way of saying it. Yes, honored, everyone's safe, but it's not just safe. It's everyone is honored. And respected, yeah. and yeah. and it, uh, and I don't feel like I'm putting this on in any way, shape. I yeah. love everything that everyone is doing. Um, uh, the I learned something from every person who is in that workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, learned something that helped me with my own sense of hope, and and using hope as a fuel in my own life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's a wonderful coming together. I just, I think we get, I don't know, I think I get as much, if not more, as a as a teacher of the workshop than, I don't know, a student may, but it's yeah. just a wonderful. I agree. Yeah. I, I felt like I, take, I took some things home from our workshop that I hadn't yeah. uh, gone with, and I, I think this will continue to be a very uh, positive uh, workshop for uh, not just the attendees, but the, you and I as, as presenters. Oh yeah, yeah. And so people have this opportunity. Um, you have one workshop coming up, right? Yes, September Saturday, September sixteenth. Okay. And in the um, description of the show, that will be on uh, Facebook and iTunes and Google Play. Uh, we'll have the link to where people can find that information. Mm-hmm. But go ahead and say that out loud. Like, so how, how do people find out about an actual workshop presentation time? How do they register? That kind of stuff. Well, well we uh, the work- a, I was just going to add that oh, we yeah. have a, a, a Facebook event uh, for that particular workshop. Uh, the word of mouth also. Uh, we send some emails to uh, individuals that we think would be particularly interested. And for, for those, I know I talked with some uh, caregivers who uh, care for clients and mentioned that this workshop was coming up. Oh, good. Yeah. And also, I'd like to say that um, the workshop is, uh, as I said, Saturday, September 16th, 9 a.m. to 11.30 a.m., and it's going to be at Lavender House this time, which is in Lawrence, 1600 New Hampshire Street. And Lavender House is a wonderful, warm, welcoming venue. The only limitation is that there's not a lot of room. We have eight spaces left, and so if you want to be, if you want to guarantee a space, you'll need to come to our online registration form and pay ahead of time. 
Um, and then you can find that at hopeandpolitics.com slash harvest. But if you go to the Hope and Politics homepage, which is my website, you'll also find a link. Yeah, it's great. And, and also on our to, Facebook events page. Yeah. We plan to do a future workshops. This is actually uh, the one coming up will be our second one. The, the next one will mm-hmm. be more likely in Topeka, Kansas, and probably during the, mount, the month of November. So uh, Harvest is very much an ongoing um, event that we'll be glad to, to present. That's wonderful. I mean, it, you know, I, I hope listeners are getting the sense. I really appreciated being part of that experience, and I and I strongly recommend it. Um, I, and and to not feel intimidated by, am I a writer or not? That's not what it's about. It's about being a person and hope. You know, um, it's it's something that any of us can be part of in that. And and I, it's I think sweet. It- yeah, it's sweet that the the workshop that I was at, I mean, that the spaces even at, you know, so so the workshop that I was at was at the Unity Church of Lawrence, which is of course a yeah. very special space. And Lavender House, it's it's an interesting thing for me because I used to live on that block of New Hampshire Street yeah. in Lawrence. Oh, wow. And and I have so I have sweet memories of sixteen hundred New Hampshire because um we had a dear friend who she and her daughter lived there and her daughter was the same age as our son. And, and across the street from 1600, just to, to place it for people, it's a little house that is directly across the street from a stone building that was a church. It was the Lawrence Friends Church when we lived on the block. I, I unfortunately don't know what the current use of it is, if it's still that or something else. But this beautiful stone church is across the street from it. Our little kids would run up the stairs of the church and play, you know, (laughs) all these sweet memories. And then I connected with Joni Fornelli, who is the person who has the Lavender House. We connected through friends of friends. She does many things, including music, and she played music at one of our international survivors of suicide loss day community workshops a couple of years ago. And she had this idea of creating this space um, instead of continuing to use the Lavender House as a residence, t- to bring it as a healing space with lots of different mm. kinds of workshops and practitioners. So it's a very special place that people will be coming to to experience this very special workshop with, with Diane Silver and Annette Billings. And, and I love that part, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we've been very fortunate that our, our first few venues have been such warm, welcoming places and yes. carried that kind of a, a safe and hopeful and honoring energy even in a space. And I, I hope that that continues to be our, <laughs> our, yes. our good fortune to always have places that uh, provide their own good energy just from being there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and you'll be bringing it whether it has a lot of it there already anyway, but but this is a special yes. place that people yes. come into. Yeah. And to give people a little bit more of a glimpse of each of you, I would greatly appreciate having each of you share some of your writing to, to let people hear how you use your words to harvest hope. Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't know. Who wants to go first? You go first, Diane. Okay. Um, well, I can read a couple of the meditations from the upcoming book which is Meditations on Awakening. That'd be great. And um, here's the, and and each one is a different day uh, because I'm hoping that you'll take a look at uh, each one. uh, Contemplate, pick one a day to contemplate. But here's day one uh, on Meditations on Awakening. Dark, dark, dark in the moment. No change, no hope in sight. We are lost in the woods at night. A tree trunk appears, so odd after this long, to suddenly spot a tree lighter than its surroundings, bark becoming easier to see by the second. Branches unexpectedly visible. The sun hasn't even cleared the horizon. A bird sings, then another, until the world trills dawn, brilliant in every way. Day one. Yes, yes. It's marvelous. Uh, let's see. Can I do two more short ones? Do we have enough time yes, for that or just one? Yes. 
Oh, it'd be perfect. And, I, and this is day 12, and I think it's important to honor ourselves, too. So this one is, on this day, we promise to become more aware of our voices speaking honestly, of our wisdom knowing all along, of our joy sometimes hiding, of our love enfolding, of all the gifts we bring. On this day, we promise. Mm. And finally, uh, here's my favorite, uh, one of my favorites because I like to be real. Day 79, we run from grief as if it were the enemy. I think of sorrow as a friend rapping on my door demanding to be let in because it's worried I've lost my way buried under maps, useless in my bedroom because everyone charts the road to happiness without marking the place to begin. Let grief in. She knows the way. Let her sit next to you and hold your hand. Cheer up, sob, cry out if you must. Like all good friends, grief knows when to come and go away. Day 79. What an important reminder. Yes. That's good stuff, Diane. That's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for this. And that means a lot coming from you because you're an amazing poet. <laughs> Thank you. I think the same as you. Oh, I think we do well pretty well. <laughs> I, think I think we, we do. Very, very well together, yes. Yeah. And, sure uh, and we both have the acting gene, too. So, uh, <laughs> so Annette, <laughs> so let's hear what uh, you've got for us. Uh, this is a short one from uh, Annette for a Pope. Uh, it's entitled Bravo. And, you know, during uh, some theater productions, if it's done really well, afterwards the, the audience may yell Bravo. But if the particular actress, uh, performer, is a, a woman, the, the correct term should be Bravo. So this is entitled Bravo. <laughs> when they called places, she refused to debut as victim. She made them hold Act One while she adjusted her stance. She called for a bedazzler to decorate her scars, made them reprint the playbill, and renamed her character Survivor. She made her entrance, found her mark, upstaged all doubt that she could carry the part. By the time they called Person. Roses decorated her stage. She bowed before an enraptured audience who had exchanged their pity for applause. And, and Brava speaks to me about that uh, journey from uh, victim to survivor and how much uh-huh. intent yeah. is involved in that transformation. I'll read a couple from uh, Discant for a Daughter, and I'll, I'll say quickly that, that Discant came out of a, a deep desire of mine to lend support to my to my daughter. And a Discant is actually a high independent song that's sung above the melody. So this is a Discant, and they are not titled. They are um, numbers. Number 28. When you consider the lineage of phenomenal women from which you came, no wonder thunder emulates you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And 37. Disregard those who heckle you for being too full of yourself. Who else should you be full of if not yourself? And what else should you be? Bless full. Yeah, just a, a yeah. reminder, you know, that no one can yeah. do, uh, can live our lives better than we are living our particular lives. And uh, yes. we aren't clones, but we're all very much individuals. And you should be uh, full of um, self. Yes. yes. Not being selfish, being aware, self-aware. And is it time for one more quick one? Of course. Okay. I'll, I'll do um, one that's become my favorite. And, uh, you know, especially today, we are, uh, we are waiting a DACA um, decision. And that's been very much on my mind. 
and it's cold, but you allow lingers. Oh. <laughs> what you allow lingers. And what you invite, they put. So speak rudely to discord and all its sullen sisters. Turn a cold shoulder to bigotry in all its disguises. Ignore the doorbell when evil rings and stop violence at the door like a stranger. Usher in joy like a long-lost friend. Take its coat, its hat. Entertain peace, chat up passion, pamper generosity, and give the guest room to justice. Sweep the porch and put out, put out a welcome mat for goodness and make your life poorly suited for anything except love. And when hate knocks, act as if you've Mm-hmm. And that's I, from Annette Full of Hope as well. I love, I love that one. That poem. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I remember what year, a few years ago, when I learned about Poem in Your Pocket Day. April is National Poetry Month, and, and uh, <laughs> there's this encouragement to share a poem on a certain day, to carry a poem in your pocket that you share with people. And I chose that poem. And I have made multiple copies of that poem. <laughs> oh, like thank you. Thank you. I love the poem. I love the way it, it, it's like the, the meditations in the Daily Shot of Hope and Descants and this poem, they are all things that have meanings that are slightly different in different circumstances and always perfect. You know, that's, that's oh. the thing. Yeah, yes. I, I like yeah. to say that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was marvelous. <laughs> We're going to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make that part yeah, of our, our marketing <laughs> and attribute it to yes. you, Marcia. Oh, well, it's so funny how, how things come up with, with me. But but I I love both the, the work that, that both of you are putting out into the world this, the work around hope and and you know what I know and and I and I did put a little note on the the Facebook page we can't have too much hope especially mm-hmm. when what you two are talking about it not oblivious positivity it's it's genuine hope and the action that it takes and it allows that it encourages, you know, and, and I see those as different things. I know that when I'm feeling really stressed, there are certain kinds of positive messages that just sound stupid to me. You know, they Uh just, and that's not ever the way I'm affected by your work, either of you. And, and again, for me, it's, it's a big deal to me that people I know who know the darkness of, of suicide attempts connect to your work. And, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that lightly, I guess I, I'm saying it because that says that people who really get what it's like to feel hopeless and long for hope and joy, find that in your words. And, and I, and that's very genuine and sincere based on what I hear from people I share that those books with. And and that's something we we need and we deserve, and we need guides. And and you two with your work, both through the published work, and also by these workshops, you're serving as that guide to people to to get to that place where they they can harvest hope, when maybe they're not sure that they're going to be able to do that. And yes. Then, yeah. You give that experience. That, that, yeah. Yes. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I, I think well, sometimes I, we find ourselves in a place where we feel hopeless, and the best we can do is to take yeah. someone else's word that hope still remains. Because often we don't <laughs> realize that there is that that corner, that corner, or that little uh, um, teaspoonful of hope left in our life. And when someone can help us access that, I think it's a good thing. Yes, it's a good thing. Well, 
Yeah. Yeah. And some of the ways that, that I've been helped, because there was a time, I'll, I'll tell you honestly, when I walked into a lake and I wasn't certain I was going to walk out again. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, there have been times that the only thing I could do was to take hope as a hypothesis, as, yeah. as, a, as a possibility to be explored and just to kind of go, okay, if this were true, you know, uh, how yeah, would I yeah. ask? What would I feel? What would I do? Mm-hmm. And that has helped me a lot. One of the things that helped mm-hmm. also bring hope into focus for me was thinking about how I felt when I was my most hopeless. And two things yeah. happen to me when I become hopeless. The first is I get enormously depressed and I curl up in the fetal position under the bed. And I take no action and I do nothing. And then the second thing is that, that it's sort of the opposite. I can fly into a rage. It's like I'm a rat trapped in a corner and I'll fight to the death because mm-hmm. I have no hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't yeah. like, and, and neither one of those things is either good for me or the people around me. And um, so that's one reason why it's important to me personally. And what I've attempted to do in the meditations I've written is to put down the things that have helped me. Mm-hmm. But time yeah. the things that have helped yeah. me focus. Like I, I don't think I read one of the ones where there's a lot of these that talk about being mindful, focusing on the moment, focusing on what's around you, just anything. Like, like uh, uh, the grandchild, uh, the wonderful little yeah. girl. Oh, man, there's nothing more in the moment than a green ball song. Let me tell you. And dance, green ball, green ball, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> And, and you know, being out in nature, even the sound of traffic, the sound of leaves in the trees, all of those things can help us um, flip the switch in our brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it really is important that both you and I, Diane, uh, write about uh, write from a place that has known what it feels like you have no oh, yeah. or no hope. So it's, a, oh, it's yeah. a topic that we are on a first name basis with. And I hope that <laughs> our, the people yeah. who attend uh, can yeah. hear that and can feel that and, and what we write and, and what we say. And, yes, and, I think that's really important. Yeah, and but also as you talk about that, I, I want to also say from, from my perspective, the the words in your books and the and the activities of the workshop are not only for people who are in dire need of finding hope somewhere they also yeah. can be an enhancement and a way of oh yeah helping us get to more action you know yeah. maybe yeah. we are people who are pretty full of hope and aware of that but maybe we're wondering things that I might want to use my hope for that I, I haven't figured mm-hmm. out, you know. So, so yeah. I know that because of my work and and the the focus that I have in my social work related to suicide, that that I've sort of steered this discussion to that end of the spectrum. And and I want to come back to the other, which is wherever we are, we can always use more hope and more hope based actions in our life. There's so much going on in the world. There's so much going on in our neighborhoods. There's so much going on with every creature that we encounter in in each of our days. We have the opportunity to be a force of hope and and to be doing goodness maybe that we had forgotten that we could do. Um, Maybe we hadn't been thinking about it, you know, and, and that that way that we affect other people and, and creatures, other, other beings, you know, even, you know, thinking about nurturing plants in our yards, there are all these different things that, that we can do with our hope. And that gets back to the definitions that you both use about hope. It's, it's nothing passive. Um, it's very much about action. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, yes. And, and one of the things I think that enables us to feel hope, and at least for me, is to envision uh, the ideal, envision where I'm going. It's like the story about, you know, you can't drive from New York to Los Angeles if you don't know you're going to Los Angeles. You will end up in Florida. (laughs) You know, you can't map Mm -hmm. that trip unless you can envision where you're going. Mm -hmm. And I think the same is true for us as individuals and it's true for us as a society. We need, and, and part of my hope is to write about 
what I know we can be as human mm-hmm. beings. Mm-hmm. And what I know mm-hmm. I as a person can be as a human being. Now, I trip and fall on my face a lot. Uh, but yes, uh, yes. It's, it's, it's that giving me that vision. Ah, this is where I'm going. This is possible, even knowing that that mm-hmm. vision is there. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. And, and that's one of the things where I feel like hope is a fuel. It sparks mm-hmm. me yes. in action. Yes, yes. I love the word fuel and tool when used in regard and to hope. You know, lately I've been reminding myself that I fall short every day. But that is a very positive realization for me because I fall short in some way every day. But it's still a wonderful life that I'm living. And the um, idea of having to be perfect at everything is, is not a, a, a model by which I want, want to live. I feel short every day, but there are some things that I do exceedingly well. So let's just average this day and, and, and move, move forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think hope allows you to do that. Uh, one of the things I was thinking of is I'm, I've been uh, writing the uh, meditations for the third volume, the Meditations on Transformation. One of them is about how we're all astronauts. Uh, exploring uh, a, a planet, a new planet, and it's not only that no one's ever seen it before, it's never been seen, it's never been mapped, so of course we're going to fall on our faces, of course we're going to yeah. make mistakes and goose, and that's okay. Uh-huh. That's, yes. You know, we yes. are going where we haven't gone before, and actually pretty much a lot of other people haven't either, yeah. if anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. And, and I'm hoping you... it comes out a little more poetic in the book. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> great to me. <laughs> As you two are talking about that, I'm I'm reminded that you know, like Diane, like you said, we, we have to be able to envision where we're headed, and yeah. as and that's pointing out, and we we have to know we're we're going to to be flawed in some ways each day in our progress, and and that's okay, you know, yeah. and yeah. and as we continue, like when I think about the writing workshop and, and your writing that you each do, I think about how we do need to create roadmaps um, as well as have hope fueling us. I think about an, an, something in, in general that's, that was part of my learning to do a certain workshop and how we talked about how the more specific we are about how to do something, the more likely that we'll actually do it. You know, that, yeah. that we, we need to, we need to continue to, to define and to figure out what, what the map looks like to get someplace. Not that there's only one route, but, right, but right. you know, the, the real success in, in action is, is getting, is based in learning how to get there. You know, how how is it going yeah. to work for me yeah. there? Yeah. Well, I, I'm sorry, Marcia, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead, Diane. Well, I, I agree. But also, uh, I think what's worked for me, what's worked for me is to be specific about where I want to go mm-hmm. and to not close down the options of getting there by thinking I can only get there in certain ways. Right. Because then mm-hmm. I, there's a whole lot of options that I can't see. Right. That I don't even know are out there. Yeah. But if I just go, okay, this is where I want to go. And, and, and the other thing is, like, one of the medita- meditations I found myself writing in one of the books, I've kind of lost track right now, maybe it's uh, the Awakening one, it's um, how you don't have to know exactly how you get there. You just have to know the next step. Uh-huh. And taking the next step leads mm-hmm. you to the mm-hmm. next step. Uh-huh. Right, right, right. I like that, yeah. Yeah. What's the next most important thing? It's yes. gotten me through uh, a lot of experiences. Just, yes. just tell me what the next thing is. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah, if I, I go, well, I don't have the ability to get from A to Z, but B, maybe I can do B. Yes. 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 B holds possibilities. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that can be encouraging to, to see those victories as we make those steps. And to know that yeah. doing things differently is is hard anything we've learned to do there there's times when it's so freaking awkward that we can let ourselves get discouraged and stopped or we can go ah it's always hard when i'm trying something new so let me try it a few more times before i decide yeah (laughs) yeah 
and it's it's unsettling. I remember once when I was going through something very new, I felt like the earth had actually tilted under my feet. Uh-huh. And I couldn't quite, I was like, okay, I don't, you know, it's like I couldn't get my balance. Uh-huh. And I said, okay, so I'm in a new I'm in a new situation. I just need to learn to keep, I just need to learn to, you know, what, what's balance in this new situation. Uh-huh. And that, that took a while. Yeah. And Annette, I would love to invite you to say a little bit about you and water because it's so, it, it, to me, it's such an image of what we're talking about, doing something new and, you know, developing. Yes. 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 Can, can you say a little bit about that for you? Yes, when you talked about kayaking, it it brought me back to an experience I had for the first time in my life two years ago, and that was with a a women's group that's called Dirty Girl Adventures, and they do all (laughs) sorts of outside activities. A group of my friends convinced me to try kayaking, despite all of the reasons I told them I couldn't do it. And on that first uh, experience kayaking, I found myself you know, on the water, free, safe, <laughs> hopeful. And it was just a, a very transformative yeah. event for me to be on the water and to feel accepted by the water. So, so many important things in my life are, are water-related. As I was um, working on uh, improving my mobility, uh, water walking was very just very important to me. So uh, being near water, thinking about water, you know, uh, has always been very much a part of my, uh, part of my being. And for someone who lives in a landlocked state, I think I was at some point uh, of the, of the oceans as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, for my first time ever seeing the ocean, I felt like finally I'm home. So yeah, water is pretty central. Yeah. That's fascinating and that we've never talked about that before. But I'm from Michigan uh-huh. originally. I grew up on the Great Lakes. And one oh. of the most earth shattering moments of my life was the first time I saw a Great Lake when I was uh maybe four or four and a half. And it just changed my life. And I spent a lot of my yeah. life on water. And it uh-huh. it enabled me to transcend my physical body to a certain extent, become to become yeah. for it. Yeah. To have my first real mystical experience as a little kid going, wow. and, you know, and, yeah. and, and that. this was on the Lake Huron and, you know, the Great Lakes, which you may not know if you've lived in the mid-continent all your life, are freshwater seas. They're huge. Yeah. You can't see across it. It is an exactly. overwhelming presence. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I, I remember That's how awesome. it went on forever, and that was great. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that felt yeah. very uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <good>. Yes. <laughs> It's a limitless possibility. There's a great amount of hope in uh, in a large body of water. Yes. In any yes. body of water. Yeah. And in and any nature, really. But this limitlessness, this it's almost like flying when you're mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so water and hope. I'm my my brain is going in a bunch of directions around that. That there, there's there are stories to be shared about water that are those those ways of looking at hope. I like that a lot. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So we are talking about hope and writing about hope and hearing you to read some about hope. Diane, you've mentioned that that your series is working towards all four volumes and that mm-hmm. uh, and your writing is there something that's uh, consciously in progress now in terms of books uh, i i plan to release my third volume uh, it'll be a collection of poetry and that should happen sometime late fall or early winter this year and i can't help but write about Hope in some way. So even if I'm writing a poem about how light hits hit the blade of grass, somewhere in there, I want to um, insert hope. Yeah. Wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. Are, do you do you each have readings coming up? I don't, I haven't. I didn't ask you that before the show, but I I don't know if there are some of those kinds I, of readings coming up. On the the ninth, I'll be in Wichita with a Kansas Authors Club, and I'll be doing uh, some reading 
uh, one thing I'm really looking forward to is on the 13th of September, I will be in Kansas City, Missouri at the Central Library uh, doing kind of a theatrical slash poetic experience as part of the Art in the Loop program that they do each year, which helps bring art to the downtown area of Kansas City through Arts Arts Connect. So that's on the 13th at the Central Library. Yeah. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I do not have anything planned at this moment, but I'm sure there will be other things coming up. I've just been working on finishing up a big, uh, another big project, so I've let some of those bookings go. So yeah, and yeah. in the future, and you're and one writing of the things, lots too. So I mean, yes, I'd say, I am. Yes. <laughs> I am writing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the the workshops will certainly be times when people will will hear you in that setting, um, uh, in terms of each of you being willing to share some of your your writing. And and I know also for people who who are thinking about the workshop, I know from the one that I went to, that you also had some time before the workshop ended for people to ask some specific questions about writing. Yes, so people yes. Who yes. are looking for yes. little some tips here and there related to their own writing in addition to the hope part of it that you two were very flexible about providing some some guidance about that too which is really cool so really people can come to a harvest workshop expect to have a wonderful very special experience get Mm. some ideas to help them focus on some of their own building of hope um, in their own words in their own lives and, and for those who, who want a little bit about the writing part in a different way, you know, you can you have that opportunity. And you will be graced with yeah. both Diane Silver and Annette Billings reading their own work and their own voices, which to me, that's always a very special treat is, is to hear how it sounds from that writer. That's, that's really. I agree. I agree. Yeah. 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 So you two each have websites people can find uh, in terms of author and, and writer kind of an activity information. Will you please yeah. say those each out loud, loud, Diane, yours and yours is also where the registration for the workshop is. And so what is yes, that the, website for you? Uh, the best place to find me right now is www.hopeandpolitics.com. It's H-O-P-E-A-N-D. P-O-L-I-T-I-C-S, if that's politics, hope, and politics, dot com. And a couple of ways to to find me is my website is annettfullofhope.com. But Annette, in this instance, is spelled A-N-E-T. So annettfullofhope.com. And my uh, Facebook page is facebook.com slash Annette Full of Hope. And again, spelling Annette, just A-N-E-T. Or just Google me. <laughs> and those yeah. are yes. in, the, in the right direction. <laughs> also, yeah. you can uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Diane Silver. D-I-A-N-E-S-I-L-V-E-R. Very good. So Twitter as well. And, and I am going to say a little plug for on Sunday, September 10th. We have a very special event in Lawrence, Kansas called Words Save Lives that's going to have poetry and stories and music and drag and comedy and people together, which is to me a huge part of hope is getting together, connecting, learning from each other, hearing other people perform their art and often realizing they're saying stuff that I that I needed to hear that I say but I don't say out loud you know yeah and, yeah <laughs> uh, and so yeah. we're saved lives on Sunday the tenth at the Eldridge Hotel in Lawrence Kansas and the next workshop of Harvest will be on September sixteenth also in Lawrence Kansas so people can find this goodness thank you each Diane Silver and oh. Annette. Hope Billings for doing today's Thank show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Marcia. It's always a joy. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Listeners, we hope that you will build on your hope and who knows, maybe be at that workshop.
and so long.